Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Well, welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. You know, we did get feedback on, thanks for having me back. Oh, is that not a... <laughs> they just said it's funny because he says it like he had a choice oh, yeah. <laughs> on whether he was coming, you know, gets to gets to be there or not. So Maybe one day I'll have a choice. No, I am so okay. thankful that we do this together. I have a feeling that if we don't do this together, we, as in me, just doesn't do this. So... Yeah. Um, Maybe you can spin off and get your own, you know, do I don't do know. We recorded setting. an episode, you know, here in this same sitting about me trying to get released <laughs> from yeah. my duties. So you never know. Maybe maybe yeah. season two will be the last season. Yeah, I think released is a hard word. Um, fired is harder. I, yeah. I don't ever want to be fired. So I'd, I'd rather it be called released if I, we I ever really end. like the idea of uh, you firing me and, uh, yeah. Some days I really feel like that. That's probably <laughs> probably likely that, <laughs> like, the, the, like I really feel that in my in my soul. Like if I could just move him out of the way, oh, this yeah. would just run so much smoother. The team has already done that. You know, they're like, just don't come back um, to tax <laughs> or don't don't stick your foot over here. Yeah. So absolutely. Well, what's our topic for today? I thought you had it. <laughs> no. So today you had asked me to um, talk about just the different metrics that every business owner should track. And it's uh, it's fresh. You know, I've presented on different KPIs, meet with clients to talk about KPIs. KPI means key performance indicator. And just from a client perspective, what is important for most small businesses. And when I say most, I'm like 99.9% of small businesses need to track metrics in their business that are specific to them, their industry, their community, just different variables um, to really set themselves up for continued success. And that's the piece where just having a list of easy ones that you can pull. And when we talk about these KPIs and these data sets, it's non-emotional. It should be black and white. Um, We can always add emotion into anything. We can always add drama. And, but you really want to be able to make decisions in your business based on true black and white data that is non-emotional. And sometimes even in like our industry, you can go into certain things that people track, whether it's like effective utilization and different metrics that you can manipulate and they aren't as clear and black and white as possible because you can manipulate billing rates and you can manipulate who whose time is what on certain projects and you write people's time off and you can increase only certain people's time. So that's not really, you know, fair, I, I would say, to, to base your business on something that can be manipulated. Yeah. And I think um, for most business owners and a lot of times, um, when I was, when I am talking to prospects, 
they would say, well, yeah, you're right. What gets measured gets managed. So you don't want to run your business on like a hope and a wish only. There, there's some of that, right? There's a lot of prayer. Most good things that have happened in our business, probably all good things that have happened in our business are because prayer and just blessings from God, like nothing of what we've actually done. But as we've matured, we've become a lot more intentional on what we do. And sometimes it's easy to measure or pay so much attention to things that aren't moving the needle. Maybe it's cool to talk about, or maybe you hear someone else talking about it, but it's not really doing your business any favors. So that's kind of where I was thinking today. Let's talk through the ones that actually make a difference, the ones that are kind of common between all businesses so that any industry listening um, can apply that and, you know, just go from there. The bigger thing, which you may hate me for saying this, but I always think the bigger thing is we can give this list or chat GPT can give a list in seconds of what these should be. How do you do it? How do I get that data? What do I need to have in place to track that? So I would say that, you know, if I had one wish coming out of this as a listener, as a learner, would be not only what are they, but how do I get that information? What system, what process, what do I need to have in place to get it? Yeah, easy answer, skip to the end, you can just hire us and we'll help you um, do that. But I'm glad you... I set you up for that. I didn't mean to, but I'm really glad yeah. I set you up for that. Yeah. So um, that's that's the quick answer, right? Is you know have a team that's able to pull the data that's important to you and your business, and make sure that it's good data. You know, garbage in, garbage out. But um, you want to make sure that you've got a process in place, if not people in place, um, so system. So, but, uh, you know, we've got 10 different metrics that, you know, really businesses should keep in mind. Uh, the first one is real easy. It's revenue growth. And so revenue growth is, um, you know, it just measures the rate at which a business's revenue is increasing over time. And in our business, you know, growth is good. Uh, you think about it as a tree and, you know, good steady growth is what continues to, show uh, success and to show good progress of that organization or organism, um, you know, if, if we're talking about a tree. Um, is that the right word, organism? Yeah. Okay. So uh, going back to biology class, um, the way to kind of measure or get that revenue growth is to track your sales. And so obviously, if you have an accounting system like QBO or something else that you're using for invoicing, um, you can look at a rate of sales, which is, let's take one month, for example, or one year, and then compare that back to that same time frame, but just the prior period. So if you're looking at month over month, and then seeing what the increase in sales was, whether that's a dollar amount or percentage, that's pretty much your revenue growth. Um, sometimes there's timing involved. If the periods are too short, like a month to month, you may have cycles in your business that you need to even out. So sometimes we look at it quarterly, sometimes we look at it annually, but still you do want to look at it over time. So you can see the fluctuations, whether it is up or down. Yeah. And that takes out, a, can help to take out some of the emotion behind that, where you're not freaking out every other day or every other month and can track what are the natural cycles of the business. And, you know, one down week or one down month doesn't mean disaster. Looking at it over time, 
making sure that you're paying attention and adjusting course as needed so that you can actually see that growth over time. I know we always want, um, as humans up into the right as fast as possible. Um, or if we're talking about weight, uh, down into the right as fast as possible, but, uh, it's not, it's rarely like that. It's rarely anything in life is linear or stays just as you put the plan in place. Always some bumps and curves along the way. Yeah. So what we look at both for our business and for clients is just, um, growth is a good thing. And if there's no growth, it's, uh, got to be explained through some type of metric. Maybe you sold a business line off or, uh, a key, um, loss in your, team or something uh, that we can talk through and that we can point to as to why that is not going up and to the right. And then the other pieces you mentioned, just how fast do you want to grow and how fast can your team absorb the growth? And that's a call to be made for the business owner. Um, what do you want the pace of life to look like? And so a lot of those are where we bring the emotion into the conversation. So we start with the black and white data that is based off of a system and, and good data. And then we get to that revenue growth percentage or dollar amount and talk through it. Yeah. So uh, the second one is really gross profit margin. So when we look at that, it measures the amount of profit a business makes after deducting, deducting the cost of goods sold. And so every business uh, may or may not have cost of goods sold in like the, uh, the accounting term, the true term, like, are you selling a widget? What's the cost of that widget to produce it and things like that. We work with a lot of professional service businesses. And so the cost to provide service is labor. And so when we look at labor as kind of that cost of goods sold or cost of service, providing the service. So if you were to look at a PL for a, for a service-based business, it's almost, we could make an argument that that cost of labor is really your cost of goods sold. Anything else that's provided and just kind of turned around and sold or marked up um, to the client. Sometimes we have that around technologies and certain things. Um, that also could go in there because it's not really, it's not overhead, it's not being used or absorbed by the organization that's um, you know your business. And so it is on behalf of the customer. So sometimes you'll have subscriptions in there, but mainly it's that labor that we look at. And when we define like labor, we mean every piece of that labor. So we're talking about salaries and wages, payroll taxes. Uh, if you have to pay a payroll service or some type of fee administration, it's that's also in there. Retirement benefits, health insurance benefits, uh, also contractors. So if you have contractors that are working like with clients, not in the business on like systems of the business, but if they are um, contractors that consult with clients and that you're essentially, you know, an extension of your team, we would also consider that a, a part of that cost of labor. So, you know, the system is top line sales, less your cost of goods sold or cost of labor that provides your gross profit. And so that gross profit is your margin. So you divide that by your top line sales, you get a percentage. And so for certain industries, um, you know, professional services, if you go back to like the old school, you know, a third, a third, a third, which is a third for labor, a third for overhead and a third for profit. That's very old school thinking. Things have changed. Like now labor costs more. Maybe now some technologies can help with your overhead to where it's not as much. Maybe you don't have office space. 
that's including your overhead. So you really have to look at what success looks like for your business, for your industry. And uh, that's how you how you look at that gross profit margin, how you calculate it. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting point to make that different industries um, consider different profit margins a success or achievable or what's um, average or normal or above average. And so having a way uh, with our services, since we're just throwing those out there um, to help with this, but with our services, we work with many businesses in different industries. So we have a way to compare directly with people that we work with that are probably very similar because they're in a similar geographic location, maybe similar size, um, similar ownership. And so we can compare that. But there are other places that people can find to compare, you know, is my profit margin in line with other people in my industry in a similar size organization. Yeah, there's um, softwares you can buy, there's resources out there that are free. And so you know, you've got things like ProfitSense, which is a industry software, um, you can plug it into ChatGPT, and <laughs> it'll answer that too. And so, uh, or you can actually talk to your team that may know you a little bit better. Um, so like, a lot of time, that's what we do. And we have all those industry benchmarks and things like that to see what's healthy for the business. Yeah, and just made me think, you could use an AI or service and just look at it on your own. But a lot of times that doesn't talk through the conversation of this is the reason that it's this way. And these are your goals that make this why you want to keep it here. So maybe it's a little bit less or maybe it's a little bit more yeah. than what average or standard would be. And so I think that that's where humans really do play a huge part because it's easy to say, oh, well then I'm going to cut this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, maybe I'm going to work more myself so I can, you know, bring that profit up. And then you're like, yeah, but your main goal was to spend more time with your family. So now, you know, like you're trading one for the other, which one's more important at the end of the day. And so I think it's important that we keep that human aspect. Yeah. Sometimes AI can't, um, predict that or work through that mm -hmm. completely yet. So, uh, the third one is really customer acquisition costs or CAC. Um, it's what we kind of look at sometimes the, this measures the cost of acquiring a new customer. And by tracking this metric, you know, businesses can determine if they're spending too much money on marketing and advertising. So when we look at this, we look at their, uh, marketing and advertising budget, uh, look at the number of new clients that have come in, in a time frame, uh, maybe since we've started doing a campaign or um, since we realistically, you know, there's a ramp period and then there's a total kind of mature campaign happening and those dollars that are spent that whole whole time um, to determine how many of those new clients really came in based on this marketing campaign, divide those new clients by that total budget, and then that's your client acquisition acquisition cost roughly. Um, you may also have some team members mm -hmm. that you need to factor in. So if you have some marketing and advertising team members, don't forget about them um, because they're also included in that cost and that burden. And so anytime you have a line item on your budget, like marketing, advertising, the wages that go along with that, any um, additional contractors that you've got or any additional um, SEO or pay-per-click that you're doing, all of that you need to make sure that you are getting a return on investment or an ROI. So knowing that budget is step one. Yeah. And I, I think too on that, we, um, 
we kind of got schooled in that here recently as we were putting in some initiatives for sales for DBA. And I think something important to remember in that, um, I'm sure it's factored in, is any additional commissions, bonuses, compensation that goes along. So maybe not just straight wages, um, but also the extras that have to be factored in because those definitely hit most of the time at the beginning, right when that client um, is engaged or engages our services. And so not forgetting that piece if there's something of that nature written into that salesperson's contract. Yeah. The next one kind of goes right in line with that. So the fourth one is customer lifetime value. So this measures the total amount of money a customer is expected to spend on a business's products or services over their lifetime. Um, we see that this is valuable because it helps businesses understand the long-term value of their customers. And so with that, you look at We've got this new monthly recurring client. They're paying us $2,000 a month. If we annualize that, it's $24,000 a year. And given our history or industry kind of benchmark, we know that they're going to be a client for, let's say, three years. So 24000 times three, that is $72,000, right? Okay. So I can't do math on the fly anymore or I'll get in trouble. Um, so 72000 is what that customer could likely bring in with no you know, escalation or any price increases along the way. So if we just call that roughly $75,000 um, and the client acquisition cost of that $75,000 was let's say $25,000, you know, all in, uh, your net profit on that client is two-thirds, 66% roughly. Um, so hopefully your labor cost doesn't exceed that 66% um, over the lifetime of that uh, client, or you'd be better off not having that client, not paying the commissions um, and growing. So going through the pain of growth. So lifetime value LTV of a client is important to know, especially when you're in a growth mode and you don't want to get into the habit of growing top line and not bottom line. And so I think those are the two balances um, because we deal, we serve mostly small businesses. And I think large corporations, large publicly traded entities like to get in the mindset of market share. Like we're growing just to grow, to get market share, and then we'll increase profitability over time. If you apply that to a small business and it's like, Hey, we're growing to grow and then we're going to increase profitability over time. If you don't do that in the first three years of that client relationship and they're no longer there, you kind of lost, uh, in that LTV situation. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of moving ahead to some of the more fluffy um, metrics that are still black and white data, but uh, net promoter score is number five. That's what we've kind of landed on as the best way to uh, measure customer satisfaction and loyalty. And I know that you're involved in that with our um, kind of CRM and how we measure NPS and, you know, it's a scale from zero to a hundred and where you rank and how people think you're doing. So, yeah. And, you know, one of our big, well, one of our values of DBA is relationships. And so this is really important that clients are satisfied and they feel cared for, um, that we're exceeding expectations. And so there has to be a way to measure. We can't just go based on what we think. Uh, we get different messages. You know, most of the time people will send feedback if they're really, really happy or if they're really, really mad. And typically the ones or 
uh, underserved, I'll say. And so typically those are the ones you remember when you did something wrong or when you didn't meet expectation. Those are the ones you hold on to. So it's easy as a business owner to think, oh, nobody likes us. We're going to lose all our clients, you know, whatever. And so the uh, net promoter score really helps with that. And we've done that in multiple different ways over the years. I mean, we've used services like SurveyMonkey for free. We've used Constant Contact to send out surveys. I think I don't know. I'm probably going to speak out of turn here, but I feel like to have two uh, metrics that you put on there, like how satisfied are you and would you recommend us to someone else? Like how likely are you to recommend us to someone else? I feel like two is the magic number. I think the the max is like four. You're not you shouldn't have more than four um, areas that you're asking people to give feedback on at a time. And so, yeah, and then you can rate that and see and uh same with how people give feedback as far as if they're really, really happy as far as like leaving a review or sending you a note. Um, it's kind of the same on these net promoter scores. It's typically not a hundred percent, uh, yeah, even the participation best. when you, when you send it out. And so you get a good, I think you get a good sampling. And so you just have to be sure to send them, you know, maybe regularly, maybe you send them quarterly or biannually. Um, but definitely I would say more than once a year, you don't want to wait a whole year before to find out that you're not, someone doesn't feel like you're doing a good job. Um, so that's for us super important. That's how we, that's, you know, a value as relationships. And then one way that we measure success is our clients satisfied with what we're doing? Are we making a difference? Yeah, and even the best organizations uh, that are out there, Disney, Apple, they don't have 100%. And so I think you don't wanna feel like 100% is the you know minimum bar uh, because some people just don't feel that you know, nobody deserves a five, right? Nobody, nobody deserves a perfect score and you've just got people out there that are gonna grade you, hopefully, uh, you know, fairly. So the next one, uh, it may not uh, pertain to all businesses, but we look at inventory turnover, especially if you're a non-professional service business. So that just measures how quickly a business's inventory is sold and replaced. Um, what we look for here is a high inventory turnover rate may indicate that, you know, just a business is efficiently managing its inventory, generating revenue, things that we want. Um, we call it the turn. You know, we want product to come in quickly go out um that we apply this to you know home builders construction all kind of different things if there is a product involved just because the faster you can get that in and turn it around and sell turn that inventory into cash is really what we're looking for um that way cash pays the bills it pays payroll it doesn't um you know heb doesn't accept inventory um to pay your grocery bill yeah Absolutely. So the other side of that, um, another turnover metric is employee turnover. And so uh, what we look at here is just at what rate are employees leaving a business? Uh, this turnover you don't want too high because uh, high employee turnover can actually indicate that a, that a business needs to improve uh, both its environment, compensation, kind of culture overall. And this can be reviewed, you know, by any business. So obviously on this, uh, the way to kind of do it is number of team members that have left divided by the beginning number of team members. Hopefully that's not a hundred. Hopefully you don't have a hundred percent turnover. Um, but that's kind of how you calculate that number. And that is a direct result. That is black and white data. 
Um, did they leave or did they stay? And obviously on the other side of that black and white data and that KPI, that's where you can add a lot of drama and add emotion into the conversation. Yeah. And I think I don't, people don't recognize how expensive it is to lose an employee, to replace an employee, all of the learning time that comes with that. We have experienced turnover, the relationships, because our team is so relational, because our team is relational with the clients. It's a big disruption to lose someone. So not only does it cost a ton, but it just in the overall culture and the overall feel and um, just the mood of the organization changes when you lose somebody for good or for bad. It doesn't matter why they're leaving. It definitely, that has a lot of emotion in it, which can impact work. I mean, it, it impacts work, it impacts people, it impacts everything. And so, yeah, that's definitely one to track so that you can keep that as low as possible. Yeah. And I think the black and white, uh, KPI there, it, there's always emotion involved, but you can be thinking you're doing a lot worse. And then you look at your employee turnover compared to your industry and you're like, ah, we must be better than others. Um, you know, the accounting industry has a very high turnover rate, um, because there's a lot of burnout and things like that. So I, you know, those numbers are, are, out there on Glassdoor and different, um, you know, I think maybe even LinkedIn has different metrics around that. And if you go to LinkedIn, you can actually pull up a company and go to their insights tab uh, on LinkedIn and actually see what their most recent employee turnover was, positive or negative, if they're adding people to the team or negative if people are leaving the team. So there's ways out there to see that for other businesses in your industry. And um, obviously the employees have to be on LinkedIn or LinkedIn doesn't know, but I think those are something to keep in mind. Yeah. So uh, the next couple uh, actually have to do with uh, kind of the presence. We talked about LinkedIn, so website traffic, something to look at. Uh, we assume that all businesses have a website now, um, how good they are. That's another conversation. But uh, this KPI, it just measures the number of visitors to a business's website. Um, by tracking that traffic, businesses can determine if their website is effective at attracting you know, potential customers or engaging with existing uh, customers. So with that, the way to calculate that is the back side of your website. So you should be having some type of data that, that your website produces. You could connect Google My Business or just some other type of an, uh, analytic tool. Uh, we use Google My Business, we use HubSpot, and those are numbers that are important to us because we can test certain mes messaging, we can uh, do new campaigns just to have our ideal client interact with us in a way that turns them into hopefully an, a client. And then it also allows us to keep existing clients happy and fulfilled if we're meeting their needs and producing content, producing services that are solving for pain points. Yeah. And I would say, you know, even so for existing clients that they have somewhere to point referrals to. So, you know, they've sung the praises and said, yeah, you should call these guys. If you want to take a look at them beforehand, they have a place to go. Um, and then we can see, is that a good place? Is that helping them make the decision yeah. to join? Yeah. The, the next KPI number, uh, I think we're at nine, uh, is social media engagement. So this, you're just measuring the level of engagement on a business's social media account. So 
Um, definitely social media is probably right there with website. We, we, we know some businesses that have social media accounts and not a website. And we know some businesses that have a website, and not social media. So we feel in today's market that you need both. Um, so there is analytics depending on if you do use a CRM like HubSpot, like Salesforce or like something else, you can kind of compile all that data from the various social media platforms, or you can go directly to the social media platform to kind of get those engagement metrics. Um, here, you're not necessarily trying to compete with others. You're just trying to improve yourself over time. So um, all of these tools have where you are, where you are in the past, and then you can compare that to where you're at in the present. And you would just hope if you're actually spending budgeted time or budgeted money, uh, that that is improving and it's improving at the level that you're speaking to people's pain points. You're actually engaging with people so that you can serve them. Just, you know, if you feel that you're more of an educational resource that you're serving them, or if you want to serve them in exchange for dollars and they become a client serving them, um, it's not going to happen overnight. This is a long-term play that you actually have to invest in. You have to maintain, ROI to make sure that you're asking prospects, how did they, how were they first introduced to your company and actually following that buyer journey, just so you know, to invest more or, or not. Yeah, I think social media is very popular. Um, it's in our daily lives, but that doesn't necessarily mean that for your business or your industry, that's where your customers are coming from. So it would be um, a shame to throw a ton of money at social media because you see, you know, this business did really well because they blew up on TikTok or this business did really well because they blew up on Instagram or Facebook. It's really looking at who is your ideal client and where are they being influenced <laughs> to get the service or the product that you provide and go there. So, you know, a lot of businesses, LinkedIn is the place. Other businesses, Crumble Cookie, they do really well on every platform. Um, but I think TikTok really helped them in the beginning uh, to kind of get a foot in. And so um, now they are across all, again, we've mentioned before, uh, cakes and cookies, dessert, that's fairly easy to sell uh, to anybody. But making sure that your dollars, um, as Dave Ramsey says, making sure that your dollars are going to the right thing and that you are positioning your business where your buyers are, where they go for that type of information and that buying decision and not just throwing money at things, hoping that it'll land. So social social media engagement, uh, low on one platform doesn't mean anything good or bad for your business. It only means something if you're investing time and money and not seeing a return on that investment. Yeah. I think most of our ICPs hang out at the country club and the Porsche dealership. So we probably need to spend more time at both of those spots. Uh, okay. So, um, and then the last KPI is, uh, the one that's the king, it's cash flow. And so measures the amount of cash that is flowing in and out of the business. Obviously, this is critical um, just because it indicates whether a business has enough money to cover its expenses and invest in growth. And so when we say cash flow is king, it, it does not matter if you are a new startup business or a very uh, mature long-term business, how, how much cash you have in the business, it, it allows you to do those things, pay payroll for things that are just necessary or pay 
advertising and marketing budget to actually grow the business, pay a sales team to grow the business. Um, so having cash flow, having the right amount of cash necessary and on hand at any given point to grow is by far um, the way to close out this top 10 list. And, uh, you know, it, just if you want a good rule of thumb, we try to look at two to three months of operating expenses overhead uh, to cover, um, you know, just in case things happen and you ha get into a crunch with your AR and you can't collect on uh, services or products as timely as you thought. And if you have that issue, we can help. Uh, you know, we can talk through what the best processes and procedures are for invoicing and sales there. Um, and then the other piece is uh, sometimes labor is not included in that overhead amount because as we all remember during COVID and all the fun that happened, you may have to make some hard decisions around people. And, um, you know, there are options where furlough or layoffs and temporary or permanent um, have to come into conversation. And, uh, you know, that may be a short-term pain for a long-term um, necessary action to save the business. And all of that just goes into what's the right amount of cash on hand. So if you, if you have three months of overhead in your cash account uh, kind of set aside, um, then you're on the right path. Yeah, absolutely. And this has been um, an extensive list. I mean, 10, 10 different KPIs. I feel like a lot of businesses probably track some of these, maybe not all of these. And so I think it's just important not to just hear something, but if there was something on the list that you're not currently doing, just thinking about how how can I pick up one more of these KPIs, which one would have the most impact or which one of these go along with the value that I have that would I could potentially improve if I just start tracking it. So hopefully this list helps somebody, um, you know, pick up one more KPI to look at and just make their business a little bit better. Yeah. All right. It's been a great conversation. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.